morning, my name is Randall Esparza, and on behalf of Spirit of Grace Church, behalf of Tim and Trisha Sanders, we would like to welcome you. Um, if we could open in prayer. Wonderful Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for each and every person, Lord God, and each and every family that's represented here today. We thank you, Lord, for your touch, your mercy, your grace, and your presence. We ask you, Lord God, that your anointing be felt in each and every class here today. Your anointing be felt in each and every person, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for your touch, for your presence at Spirit of Grace Church. We ask you, Lord God, that we can be obedient to your will and your way in our lives, Lord God, as we move, Lord God, to draw closer unto you. Lord, we thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know where to start, but I'm just thankful to be here. I'm thankful that each and every one of you are here. Uh, I'm thankful for Spirit of Grace Church. And uh, I like to be around Spirit of Grace Church. And, you know, there's just a few different things that I'm going to share with you today. And I think I'm going to start out with this one, and it's, like, not where I plan on starting out with it. But, you know, the thing about, you know, coming up here, hopefully Jesus, like, takes over because, you know, I don't know about the rest of you, Paul, and you're supposed to be actually hearing Cheryl today, or this Paul, or I don't think Pastor Tim, but Tricia. And me, definitely. Sometimes we get a little nervous, and sometimes when you get nervous up here, you get, like, kind of a little discombobulated, if that's even a word. But, but so I'm just going to start out with this. And, you know, this is, you know, maybe this scripture that I'm going to share with you today. You know, you're going to think, yeah, I heard that when I was in second grade in children's church. And it is true. You did hear it then. But, you know, um... I'm just going to share it with you anyway. But before that, you know, part of it is, you know, Jesus was with his disciples, and, you know, they were taking time, taking time to rest. And so, like I said, I like to hang out at Spirit of Grace Church, and sometimes they don't let me hang out here. No, I'm serious. I've been here on a Tuesday night. Not going to mention who. But they said, Randy, go home and rest. One week, a couple months back, I was here on a Friday, out mowing, try to walk in. It's like, not your time, Randy. Go home and rest. It, which was really rude of them, because you know what? I like hanging out at Spirit of Grace Church. But you know what? Jesus actually told his disciples to rest. Okay? So... And this isn't about resting, you know, I'm not telling you to go home, not telling you anything about that. If I did tell you, you know what, you guys just need to probably go home and rest. Just let's, let's all pack it up and go home right now. That would probably be the last time that I would be up here. I'm just thinking that pastor would not allow that. But, wow, I don't know where I get to go from that. But anyway, um, so... And again, you know, I'm preaching my message before I get to my scripture. And, but, you know, sometimes when I'm here, you know, you, you just think, well, I'm coming here for whatever. And, you know, one thing I appreciate about Dwayne and Carol, when I get here on Wednesdays, and I'm usually quite late, 
they don't say, Randy, you need to go home and rest. You know, we're, we've only got 15 minutes left. Just go home and rest, you know, which they probably should because I was so late. But they don't. They're so gracious. And I'll tell you some of the things that happen on Wednesday at prayer, I mean, they are just amazing. I'm just going to share with you a couple things. And there's sometimes, you know, those two, I bet they've been here alone, those two. You know, I've skipped, other people have skipped, but you know what? They're faithful. Sometimes there's three, sometimes there's four, sometimes there's six. But you know, some amazing things happen, you know, when they don't tell me to go and rest. You know, we have, and this is not even, I mean, this is, you know, when it happened, I thought, this is crazy. But you know what? We actually were praying in the last month for some people in Seoul, South Korea. We'll never meet them. I can guarantee you we'll never meet them. You know, but we were praying for some people in Seoul, South Korea, that you know what, Christians, that they would touch someone that they're going to meet in the future. And it's like, wow, Jesus, really? You want us to pray for that? We were praying for some people in Colorado Springs, probably never meet them, but for Jesus to move in their lives so they touch someone else. It's like, wow. Really? You want us to pray for that? It's crazy. And then, you know, Carol, you know, I love to listen to Carol. You're kind of cool too, Dwayne, but I love to listen to Carol. <laughs> you know, and she brings up what I'm going to share with you today. And it's about the loaves and fishes, you know. So, yeah, we are going back to children's church today, just so you know. But she brings up, and she brings up this little guy, you know, who had the five loaves and two fishes, right? She brings him up, and she says, that's all we know about him. Just a little kid. Just a little kid. That's all we know about him. A little guy that gives his five loaves and two fishes. And then you start thinking about five loaves and two fishes and a little kid. Okay? And then, you know, and... If this, like, falls off the deep end at the end, you know, at least I'm getting this part out because this is way, way, way down in my 14 pages of notes. But, you know, whatever happened to the kid? The five loaves and two fishes. We never hear anything about him. But I can probably guarantee you one thing about this little guy with the five loaves and two fishes. You know, spiritual gifts? I bet after that day... You know what? That young guy had the gift of giving. I bet he grew up and it's like, hey, I've already saw the miracle. This is what happens when you give to our Lord Jesus Christ. He takes it. You know, he goes and fills the XL Energy Center and he feeds every one of them. Five loaves and two fishes and some little guy. <clears throat> you know, Jesus doesn't matter what we do. You know what? He's there to take what we're ready to give and do something good with it. That's where God works. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we're not ready to give, but he's, all, he's ready to take whatever it is that we're ready to give. And um, so, and now I've already started, you know, speaking my message, and I haven't even really 
got to it. So, you know, when I do like to share up here, I like to kind of go into the scripture and I kind of like to see what's happening before and, you know, just kind of get the lay of the land before I start, you know, like with really what I'm going to share. So now you already know what my message is about. Yeah, it's about the loaves and fishes and, you know, mac and cheese, but adult, well, it's probably not adult version either because let's just call it how it is. It may not be adult version. It may be the Sunday school version, okay? But either way, Jesus is going to be in it, you know. So, but, and I'm reading out of uh, Mark chapter 6, and I'm reading out of the NLT, um, New Living Translation, and it, and, you know, it talks about uh, the people of Nazareth that refused to believe. And in Mark chapter 6, it reads in verse 1, it says, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to his hometown of Nazareth. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in a synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed, and they asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter. He's the son of Mary. You know Mary. He's brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. Actually, his sisters still live here right among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except his own hometown and his relatives, among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except place hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. So you got to get what's happening here. Jesus has taken his, his boys and he's going back to his hometown. I don't know if it's the first time that, you know, he brought his, you know, his groupies, his boys to his hometown, but he's bringing them back to his hometown. And then it says, and then on the Sabbath. So I don't think they got there on, you know, Saturday night. They'd probably been there a few days. Jesus was probably visiting, you know, hanging out with, you know, seeing relatives, whatever. And then, you know, he goes and he teaches on the Sabbath. Okay? And then, you know, obviously in the synagogue, you know, in the church at that time, he goes and he teaches. And there were people that's like, wow, can you believe this? And then there were the doubters saying, yeah, he's Jesus. Actually, he's one of us. You know, not that big of a deal. He ain't what you think he is. You know, his sister, you know, his other sister, you know, did Jesus' sisters or brothers have a reputation? I don't know that. But you know what? There were doubters trying to tamp down Jesus. There were doubters saying, hey, don't worry about it. One thing I get out of this, though, is, you know what? Jesus says, you know what? They don't believe me. It is what it is. You know what? I'm just going to go perform a few miracles. You know, he read the room. He says, this person needs a miracle, that person needs a miracle, this person needs a miracle, that person needs a miracle. I'm going to go heal them, then we're out of here. That's what I'm going to do, because you know what? That's why I came. I came to seek. I came to save the lost. 
So Jesus does that. And then it says, he was amazed at their unbelief. I believe this. If Jesus is amazed at your unbelief, he's also amazed at your belief. So, you know, when I'm reading this, it's like, you know what? I need to believe. I need to, you know, I guess I've never thought, hey, I want to amaze Jesus. Never thought that. But you know what? Our Lord Jesus Christ wants us, wants each and every one of us to have the belief in him, to have the belief in his presence. And, you know, when, when Jesus did that, you know, I, I just feel this is like, you know what? He wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to go into a place, whatever it may be, wherever he sends us. And most of us, you know what? He sends us to work. You know, he sends us to, you know, the store. He sends us to the post office. He sends us to Menards. I hope you guys are prepared. I wasn't prepared this week, and I'll give you two examples, okay? I go into, you know, Home Depot, and my boy Jace calls me and says, hey, I need some shellac-based paint or primer. It's like, okay, well, I'm, you know, over at the church. I was actually here checking on the gas for the lawnmower, and it's, I'll run to Home Depot. Get there, shellac-based primer. It's $337. So I go in and I talk to this guy, and you know what? He was a nice young kid behind the paint thing, and I talked to him, and yeah, it's crazy. It went up, blah, 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 blah. And you know what? I'm leaving there, and it's like, I should have invited him to church. So I, I don't want you to get into all my business stuff, but, you know, then I needed more paint, like, because I'm not very sharp, and think, what do I need for the week? So I go to Menards, Home Depot. I go there lots of times. Anyway, back to the primer. It's still only two and a quarter at Menards. So I went to Menards and bought all six of them. But anyway, um, keep that in mind. If you're looking for shellac-based primer, don't go to Home Depot because they're way too high. But anyway, so then I thought to myself, you know, as I'm leaving, you know, I should have invited him to church. And so I go back in there the next day for paint, and it's like, oh, he's not there. And no one came to help me. So, but I, anyway, I brought a little Spirit of Grace card that I'm just going to be honest with you was a little bit tattered because it had been in my wallet for too long. But you know, I brought a Spirit of Grace card for that. You know, Jesus sent me there. I missed my mark, but he sent me there. I was ready, but I was a day late and a dollar short because that shellac based primary, it still got me, okay? Still today, I think of shellac-based primer. But, you know, a couple days later, I'm in Menards. And it's like, and I was in a hurry. Anyone ever get in a hurry? If you're this person, please forgive me. But when I'm in line at Menards, I've got my credit card out. I got my SKUs flipped around so the Menards guy or lady, all they got to do is like, and then you get some guy who's got way more time than I do that sits and wants to visit with that lady. And he doesn't have his credit card out. And, you know, maybe they even have to look up a skew. It's like, oh, my gosh. Did I get the wrong line again or what? 
I mean, you guys are probably not this way. But you know what? I missed my turn again. I didn't have my Spirit of Grace card out, the tattered one. I still have it in my wallet. So if I just give it to you and say, hey, welcome to Spirit of Grace Church, just take it and humor me there, okay? But, you know, Jesus sends us different places. He sends us different places in our day-to-day so we can minister to other people. So we can seek and save the lost. And Jesus, about, I don't know, four or five months ago, he gave me this message, and it's about being a casual Christian and a disciple. I think that Jesus does not want, and I'm sorry, you know, but I don't think Jesus wants casual Christians as much as he wants disciples. Jesus wants each and every one of us not to be impatient at Menards, not to forget our Spirit of Grace card, church, you know, card, and I didn't even know that I had it with me because I obviously had my wallet with me, and I go, I'm looking through my council, and it's like, yeah, I got some of these. It's like, oh, you have them in your wallet. Oh, yeah, they're pretty dusty. But you know what? Jesus, in each and every place we go, you know what? He wants his, us to spread his kingdom. And just like the little guy with the five loaves and two fishes, all we got to do is be ready. We can't say, you know what, mister? Not everyone's got as much time as you, so have your skews twisted over to the thing, flipped up so the lady can just go boom, 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 and get your credit card out so I don't have to wait as long. I know that's sick. That is sick, okay? Again, and I've told you this before, you don't have to go ask Taryn, you know, does he kind of fly out there a little bit? I'm just going to tell you right up here. I just want to admit it right up here. You know what? I fly out there, and up here, it's not a very fun place some days. It's a little scary. It's a little scary. So you don't have to ask Taryn about any of this thing. Yes, I do fly out there. But you know what? Our Lord Jesus Christ even the mess that I am, please forgive me before I say this, even the mess that you are, you know what? He, he's ready to use us. All we have to do is say, you know what, Jesus? Go ahead, use me. It's not going to hurt too bad, so go ahead. He'll use us if we allow him to use us. And you know what? If we reject him, like the people in Jesus' hometown, he says, you know what? I'm just going to read the room anyway. I'm going to do what I need to do here. And you know what? I'm going to do that, and I'm going to move on. So you know what? If you get in the wrong line at Menards, you know, read the room. There may be something that Jesus wants you to do there. You know, and I wish I could practice, you know, the practice what you preach thing. Yeah. Application, obviously, is way harder. But let's pray for one another that we get the application thing down because you know what? That's what God wants from us. He wants us to apply what we already know. He wants us to slow down, read the room, so he can work through us. You know what? He wants us to pray for people in South Korea. It's like, who'd have thunk? I mean, really, Jesus, who, I mean, how would, why would you have us be praying that people in South Korea that we don't even know would reach someone that's coming there? But Jesus wants us to do that. We're probably never, ever, ever going to, maybe never hear about any of this in Seoul, South Korea. Seoul, South Korea. But Jesus knows, you know what? Prayer was lifted up. Jesus knows prayer was lifted up. 
just going to say this one more time. You know, if you're like got nothing to do Wednesday afternoons between 11.30 and 1, there's three people that are always here. Jesus, Dwayne, and Carol. They're always here. And you know what? Every time we gather, Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up and, you know, and does something. Um, but anyway, oh boy, why do I talk sometimes? But anyway, I'm, I'm going to get back into the, into the scripture. And then, um, so after they went to Nazareth, Jesus' hometown, it says, you know, in, in Mark 6 again, it says, then Jesus went from village to village. So he was rejected with his people. He obviously, you know what? They're lost. I'm moving on. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. Sometimes, you know what? When we're rejected, you know, we think, I'm not going to do that again because what did that get me? Jesus, you know what? The next passage. Yeah, I'm going to go do it again. Going from town to town, village to village, teaching people. And he called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two. Giving them authority to cast out evil spirits, he told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick. No food, no traveler's bag, no money. He allowed them to wear sandals, but no change of clothes. Wherever you go, he says, stay in the same house until you leave that town. But if any place refuses to welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust from your feet as you leave and show to show that you have abandoned those people and to their fate. So the disciples went out telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God and cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. Jesus took his disciples. Jesus took his disciples and he says, you know what? You've watched me now. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go out and do this. But one thing out that Jesus did before he sent them out is Jesus gave them authority. It says Jesus gave them authority. I'm telling you, you know what? If Jesus wants you to go hang out at the post office and watch the people in the line, I'm way better at the post office. You know, I see some people in, at the post office. I don't know what it is, but I see people at the post office, and they're rude to the cashiers, and it's like, how would you like to work in the post office anyway? Sorry, Ted. But, I mean, sometimes they're rude to the cashiers at the post office. And it's like, you know, and it's, it's just like me and, Men and Menards. It's like, don't you know, and I never say this, please, you know, I'm sharp enough sometimes to keep things to myself. But it's like, don't you know that I, you know, I mean, I can just see it on their faces. And sometimes people even, you know, be sarcastic about, you know, the people behind the desk or the time that is being wasted. And it's like, and I always smile at, you know, it amazes me, the impatience of the you know, people at the post office line. But here I am doing the same thing, you know, two blocks down the road at Menards, and it's like, but the post office. I go there, and I watch these people, you know, and they're always impatient, you know. 
And sometimes, you know what? If you're at the post office line, Jesus, you know, might have given you authority to speak to someone. I know a guy sitting right here today went and bought a wreath for himself, a couple, went and got gas. They took the wreath, visited with the guy, and I think that they even went home and thought, you know what, I'm going to give the wreath to the guy at the gas station. And I think, you know what? And then they went and they gave the wreath to the guy at the gas station. It's like, I wouldn't have thought that. I bought the wreath. I wouldn't buy a wreath. Taryn would, not me. Okay, but, you know, what about your lunch? Wait, I probably wouldn't give my lunch away either. Jesus gives us opportunities each and every day to feed the 5,000. Each and every day he gives us opportunity to feed the 5,000. We're not even there yet to that children's church. We're still in he's sending out disciples. But you know what? Back to really what I'm going to be talking about today. I haven't even started yet. What time is it? It's 9.59. Wow. You guys still have 31 minutes of this stuff. That's if I'm on time. A lot of times I go over. But at least I didn't send you home and say, go take a rest. Because you know what? pastor would be so like wow I can't believe sometimes he allows me to even get up here because you know I mean it's like I just fly out there but you know what Jesus loves me pastor loves me for the most part so my wife loves me for the most part most days sometimes of some days but Sometimes we shouldn't say things. I'll just move on. But Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. And Jesus gave them authority. What kind of authority does our Lord Jesus Christ want to give to you? What does he want to give you authority of? Because you know what? The ministry that each and every one of us Jesus gives us some sort of ministry. He wants us to be a disciple. He gives us a ministry. And within that ministry, he's already given us authority to do what he wants us to do. Sometimes, you know, we may think, yeah, I'm not ready for that authority. Did you see how I acted yesterday in the Menards line? I'm not ready for that. Do you remember the thoughts that were up here, Jesus, that I didn't want to share with anyone? I'm not ready for that authority. But you know, Jesus, and please understand, I don't want to belittle people from the Bible. But one-third of the disciples Jesus chose were fishers of men or fisher, fishermen, one-third of them. One was a tax collector, a little bit sketchy back in the day. One of them betrayed him. There were one or two of them that were lost in the crowd. 
You don't hear much about any of them, or some of them. So I'm just going to share with you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. You could have a sketchy job. You could be not a very scrupulous person. The tax collector, he didn't have a good reputation. You could be in recovery. You could be a nobody in your own mind. But guess what? Our Lord Jesus Christ cares nothing about that. What he cares about is you. What he cares about is me. And he wants each and every one of us to draw closer to him. Each and every one of us to draw closer to him, no matter where we're at in life. So we can be used by him. So we can go out with the authority that he's given us. Because you know what? He's given each and every one of you authority to go out and seek and save the lost. Jesus wants disciples. You know how I know that? I print these notes. I write them down. Then I get up here and it's like, yeah, okay, if I get into the notes, you know, then, you know, then I lose my place and then, yeah, and then I get all discombobulated, which is a word. And, you know, and... Yeah, so I don't do well with notes. But in Matthew 28, 19. Excuse me. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of age. All nations to the end of age, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I know from that if you've been baptized, Jesus wants you to be a disciple. Jesus wants more from us than to be a casual Christian. And he's not looking for Bible scholars. He's not looking for that. The fishers of men. You know, I think Peter, I mean, if you look at his stuff, he probably talked when he shouldn't have. Matthew, he wasn't very well liked. Jesus didn't care. He didn't care. So guess what? Your problems, your character defects, we all got them. I think it's Two weeks from this weekend, the chain breakers deal, it's for all of us. It's for all of us. 
You know what I told Pastor last week? You know, he was like, you know, and he always advertises that, whatever. And he's speaking away, and I'm thinking to myself, he's deceiving us. He's starting right up here last Sunday. If it wasn't before, maybe it's been going on for a month already, and I haven't figured it out, but I figured it out on Sunday. He's already started his Chain Breakers Conference in church on Sundays. It's like, dude, when did you start this? Because, you know, I only picked up on it today. You've started it already. You're advertising for two weeks, but you've already started it. Oh, my gosh. Wow. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you've been. Jesus used a prostitute. Jesus used a donkey. Jesus used a murderer. And that's just in the Old Testament. Doesn't matter where you've been, people. Jesus wants you to be a disciple. That's what he wants from you. It's kind of really, really frustrating to think of when you're in line at Menards and it's like the people don't have their excuse like set up exactly the way they should be and their credit card out and ready. And Jesus wants me to be a disciple through that. It's like, I don't have the time then. But you know what? Jesus, in each and every portion of our lives, he wants us to be a disciple. What does that mean for you? I don't know. What does it mean for me? Something different than it means for you, probably. But you know what? Jesus has already given you the authority to walk in his ministry that he has set up for you. He's already given you that authority. And you know, sometimes standing up here, I say you know about 847 times. So, but Jesus must be okay with my you knows because he keeps sending me up here. Wow. Remember, I haven't even started yet because we're not even to the fishers of men. So, if Pastor or Trisha ask you how this morning went, work with me here. Just say, yeah, it was good. Yep, yep. We had you. You were back there in the first steps class or, you know, ministering out in the parking lot, whatever you're doing. But yeah, it was good. Don't worry about it. We'll move on. Are you going to sing, Tricia? <laughs> and on that, you know what? Jesus has something for you to do. Jesus has something for each and every one of us to do. First of all, it's to invite people. And what if you invite someone? I'm just going to use me because this is how I'd handle it. What if you invite someone and, you know... You walk in and that someone's there and it's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Awesome. But you're sitting in Paul and Sherry's seat. Uh, You can't be sitting there. Nope, that's where Paul and Sherry sit. Jason and Nicole, Jordan and David, Paul and Sherry, kids, other family members, that's their row. I'm sorry, you're going to have to come move. We'll give you the seats in the back. They're usually open. I don't know why I said that. But Jesus gives each and every one of us something to do in his kingdom. You know, Paul comes up to me this spring, and it's like, (laughs) 
and he was polite about it. I'm just going to share with you. He was polite about it, but he says, hey, do you mind if I take the lawnmower home and, like, get it all ready? I said, no, that'd be great. He says, yep, you know, sometimes, you know, people just hop on these, and they just think it's all ready to go, and it's not, and they don't check anything, and it's like, You're preaching to the choir, Paul, because guess what? I'm that guy. I take that thing home. I look under it. I get the blade sharpened. I do it all, Paul. I ain't that guy. But you know what? Jesus has something for each and every one of us to do. And it may not be exactly turn out exactly the way we want to do it, or we thought it would, but you know what? He's got something. He's got something. And you know what? It just amazes me. You know, the, the whole chain breakers thing, and, you know, it's kind of an anonymous deal, so I can't share a whole bunch about it, but it just amazes me. It's like people come in and it's like, oh, yeah, how you doing? And it's like, well, how do you know them? Well, I knew them 20 years ago. It's like, you got to be kidding. So Jesus, like, you used with them. We're friends with them, haven't seen each other because you've been, you know, sober for quite some time, and now Jesus just sent them back here? Well, actually, I called them, said, hey, come to Chain Breakers. That's what Jesus wants us to do. I'm going to share one other Chain Breakers thing. And Chain Breakers, ladies, you didn't hear this, but it was so good. So we're in our, you know, small groups, and the guys meet in here, and the ladies meet out there, and... They always take way too long because we're done and they're still sitting out there. We have to go out the back door. But anyway, um, that wasn't very nice. But, um, but anyway, this guy says, and it's like, you know, this guy says, he says, you know, I was explaining the big book to this guy and this is how I was explaining it. And I'm going to take this. It was so awesome. I'm going to take this. And, you know, so if you get this, just say Randy said it and Randy got it and he thought it. Okay. But if you use this, feel free because I stole it. Okay. But he says, you know, if you take the big book and he, and he kind of holds it up and he says, if you take it, think about this. How would you like if you got on a plane and the pilot that was flying that plane, skipped a few chapters in the middle. How would you like that? And, and basically what he was saying is, how would, you, how would your, you know, basically your program go if you skipped six, steps four, five, six, and seven? How does your program go if you don't read the word of God? How does your program go if you don't apply what our Lord Jesus Christ is asking of us. And that guy is like, oh my gosh, I'm going to steal that. I'm stealing that. So this message is brought, by you, brought to you by from some anonymous guy that you're never going to know in Carol Wiest. Because she said, you know, some little guy, we don't even know anything about him. So I speculate, you know what? This guy grew up and he had the gift of giving. This guy grew up and, you know what? I'm just going to say that in my mind, this young guy, you know, with the five loaves and two fishes, he was probably used a lot of God. 
And have you ever wondered, you know what, if the Bible was being written now, what would you have to be a part of it? What would Spirit of Grace have to be a part of it? And, you know, a lot of this is coming to me from, you know, the whole Cassie thing. I mean, think about it. And I, I'm just going to say this, you know. We were praying or whatever. I didn't attend the prayer at the, the hospital. I didn't think Cassie was going to live. They're ready to end it. And who shows up? Jesus. Who shows up? Jesus. You feed them. I'm not even in my scripture yet, am I? I can't use that yet. You feed them. Jesus wants us to be obedient enough to be faithful to him to do what he tells us to do so he can move in people's lives. I mean, I don't know how many people were there. Nicole probably can tell you. But there were a lot of people out there praying who had a lot more faith than I did. And Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to take your faith and I'm going to show you what I can do. Is it because Jesus says, hey, I'm all powerful and mighty? I'm a big deal, look at me? No. It's so he can help us go seek and save the lost. Our Lord Jesus Christ wants us to go help seek and save the lost. Each and every one of us. Not Pastor Tim. You know, I'm glad that I belong to a church. And I can say this because he's not in here that our pastor is a Jesus freak. You know, I mean, if there were ever someone I would want to be a Jesus freak, I'd, I would want it to be our pastor. You know, and, you know, God is using him to lead Spirit of Grace Church to make room, I can't remember what this is called, but, you know, to get more seats in here so we can help seek and save the lost. That's what God wants from Spirit of Grace Church. Oh, I'm not even going to get to the feeding the 5,000 yet. Wow. Anyway, so, so, you know, and then you ever get into Scripture and it's like, why did they put this in the middle of it? So, you know, in, in Mark 6, it talks about, you know, Jesus going to his hometown, rejected, you know, then it talks about, you know, hey, I'm going to teach. And then he sends his disciples out. I think he sent the disciples out for a while. And if I didn't read that, basically, you know, the disciples went and they preached for a while, you know, and then they got back together with Jesus. Okay. I don't think it was like an hour and a half. I think it was days, weeks, maybe even months. And then they got back together with Jesus. But right in the middle of it, there's this weird thing. Okay. And it talks about King Herod. King, A, great guy, basically took his brother's wife, great guy. Her name was Herodias. They had a daughter. John the Baptist said, you know, you probably shouldn't, you know, marry your brother's wife. Wow. Herodias was angry. I mean, she didn't think, you know, hey, and, and do we get that set way some days? I mean, think about it. 
Jesus, look at that sin over there. Look at that sin. Fill in the blank, because I bet you've thought that before. Sorry. I've thought it before. Jesus, look at that sin. They're not really living for you. But you know what? Herodias was like, you know what? I'm angry. You've made me mad. I'm so angry that I hate you. And so, you know, this king, I mean, I don't have any respect for this king because, I mean, realistically, if you go back further into that portion of the scripture, it says that he was having a party for, like, the army and the government, and he's a king, so he's a big deal. And he has his daughter come dance for his party. It's like, I don't even want to read between the lines of that, but is that sick or what? Hey, you can have anything that you want up to half of my kingdom. Just come do this because I love you. I would imagine, and he probably wasn't as tight as me, but I would imagine he was a little inebriated to say that. So she dances, and then she goes up to Mama and says, Hey, Mom, what should I ask? Daddy's going to give me half the kingdom. John the Baptist's head. I want it. He told me I should have married your father. Is this a sick and convoluted thing? This is right in the middle of this scripture. So it goes from, oh wow. It goes from Jesus going to his hometown, teaching the disciples to go out and do this, and to do this. You know, I don't know why it was planted in there, but I would say this. It was planted to let each and every one of us know here today that, you know what? We're no better than the rest. We've got things up here that... Maybe we shouldn't have up there. But you know what? It doesn't matter the sin. So many times we think, oh, they're horrible. But my sin's okay. Because it's just little. That's all right. Because mine's little. But they're horrible. Jesus doesn't look at it that way. Jesus looks at, you know what? Your sin, my sin... None is better than the other. I didn't like that put in there because it's like, that doesn't fit with my, you know, with my loaves and fishes message that I haven't started yet and I've got 10 minutes to finish. Wow. So anyway, I want to get to the text of my message here. Anyway, I better read it. Oh, it's fun being me sometimes. Let me tell you. But in, anyway, in verse 30, it says, The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told them all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. And, be, and he said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw they were leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead of them along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped uh, from the boat, 
and he had compassion on them because many were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching to them. Late in the afternoon, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to nearby farms and villages and get something to eat. And that's when Jesus says, you feed them. You feed them. He obviously wasn't ready to quit preaching at this time or teaching. With that, they ask, we'd have to work for months to earn money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have? Go out and find it. Okay, I've got a little problem, and I've got to stop here. How much bread do you have? Go out and find it. Okay, you know when people get up here and they're teaching and they interject some things, maybe like I do sometimes, and, you know, to fit their message? I just want you to know this is in the same story but in a different chapter. Okay, and I don't even know why I picked Mark, but I picked Mark. But then there was a part in John, same story, John 6, 8, and 9. And it said, then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that for a huge crowd? Okay, so that's in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But you know what? I think John's the only guy that talks about the little guy. I think he's the only one that does. So I interjected that into this story because you know what? The little guy, you know, it's important to understand him. So as I close today, when I just got into my message, uh, just a few thoughts. Okay, so Jesus is hanging out, right? Hey, let's go rest. Let's talk about what's happened, you know. He hadn't been with his disciples for a few days, few weeks, few months, whatever. It's like, we're tired. We don't even have time to eat. Let's take off. So they don't walk. They get into a boat by a body of water. 33% of the guys, they're fishermen by trade. Okay, so when I read this, I think, you know what? They get in a boat. It's big enough for 13 people, and they have two oars. I don't really think that's the way it was. I bet, you know what? In that boat, I bet they had nets. I bet they had fishing poles. I bet they had rapalas. I bet they were ready. But you know what? They're saying, Jesus, we don't have any food. Jesus says, you feed them. And can you see them standing there? It's like, okay, you know, you got Jesus, the teacher. You got the people, the 5,000 plus kids, parents, men, women, could fill the XL Energy Center probably. They get there before Jesus and his boys do. So you got the groupies. You got Jesus, you got his boys, his disciples, and you got the little guy. If this were today, who would you be? Who does Jesus want you to be? Does he want you to be the groupie? We're all at a different walk in, you know, in our, in our walk with God. 
Yep. So you know what? He does want you to be that. Does he want you to be the little boy? How many other little boys said, nope, I don't have anything. You know, they go look for all this food. It's like, nope, I don't have any. I bet there was more than five loaves and a couple fishes. But you know what? This one little boy stepped up. Or the disciples that had the rapalas, the nets, the fishing poles, and the oars. But you know, Jesus, we don't have any food for him. And in the fall, it's like, Jesus, the Vikings are on in an hour. Look at your phone. Wrap this up. Think about it. But back in the day, it was like, Jesus, east, west, sun, going down. You need to cut this off. And they didn't ask Jesus. They didn't say, you know, what do you think maybe, Jesus? The Vikings are on in a half hour, and, you know, do you maybe want to do this? No, they were telling him. How many times have you told Jesus? Hey, Jesus, our pastor's a Jesus freak. He loves you. Vikings are on. Let's get going. Hear my stomach? Okay, maybe I'm the only one that's done that, but, you know, you guys aren't perfect either, so let's just call it how it is. But they didn't even ask him. And Jesus said, you feed them. Jesus, we can. It's going to take a half a year's wages to go buy food for all these people. A half a year's wages, Jesus. Okay. So my message really wasn't from Carol. Well, it started there. Definitely started there. But you know what? This is where my message comes from. Okay, because, you know... I do everything by numbers, okay, and think about it, okay? So this here, two loaves, five loaves, two fishes, I guess at that point it doesn't really matter which is which because it's not enough, you know, but anyway, that, okay, and think about this. This is multiplication by division. Jesus takes the loaves, takes the fishes, and he's dividing it, and it's multiplying as he goes. I mean, that's insane. That doesn't work. <clears throat> you know, I hang out with the guys that mow here, and Paul got me hooked up in the spring, so that's good. But, you know, I texted Brian, because Brian mowed last week, and a couple weeks ago I thought, you know what, I need to go get gas here pretty soon. And I like to just... Fill it up so they can get on and go, just like Paul said, right? So I get here, and I make sure, and I thought a couple weeks ago, they need gas. So I was going to get gas, so I get here, you know, the whole Home Depot Menards thing. We don't need to go back through again. But you know what? There's more gas. And I said to, and I text Brian, I says, hey, did you go get gas for the mower? And he says, no. And I said, I think Jesus is putting gas in the, in the gas can, because it's actually more than I thought it was two weeks ago. And he just, you know, amen, brother, or something like that. But, but it's amazing. My point is, is Jesus. Jesus takes division 
and makes it into multiplication. Jesus takes our weaknesses and makes them into our strengths. You know what? I mean, that old crusty Spirit of Grace card that's in my wallet, you know what? He's going to take that one day if I'm sharp enough to remember, you know what, the guy at the paint shop at Home Depot, I need to give that to him. Boy, wait till I see him again. He's in trouble because I'm giving it right to him. You know, but Jesus takes that. And he says, you know what? I'm going to take that. You don't feel like, you know, you should visit with someone about me? Just try it because I'll take it for you. I'll make your weakness your strength. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ that we serve. The only thing, and I want to share this with you, and here comes my pastor. So um, I've been closing for the last 15 minutes, right, guys? But Jesus can multiply. And I've seen everything that Jesus can multiply. But one thing that I haven't seen Jesus multiply is time. Jesus gives each and every one of us some time. Jesus gives each and every one of us opportunities to seek and save the lost. Jesus gives each and every one of us a personality. And it's not always perfect. We are not always perfect. He got fishermen. He got tax collectors. He got a guy that even betrayed him. And, I mean, you know, basically, you know the story of Judas Iscariot. Those were his disciples. I'm sorry, Spirit of Grace Church, but if that's who he was hanging with in, you know, in Jesus' time, you ain't any worse than those people. Jesus wants each and every one of us to go help him seek and save the lost. Jesus wants each and every one of us to become his disciple, to draw closer to him so he can move through us. What would Spirit of Grace Church look like, you know, if this were Bible times? Jesus has taken us as a body and fit us together. Is he done? No. I mean, we need a keyboardist, you know, we need probably another guitar guy or lady. I've got my application in for the lead singer on the praise and worship team. I know I'm the next guy because it's been in for quite some time. I know Trisha's going to choose me next. No, seriously, she is. But if she doesn't, I've already said to myself, you know what? I'm going to handle this okay. I'm going to be a big, big boy if, you know, some other guy steps up here and starts singing. I'm going to go congratulate him. I may be thinking in my mind, that was my job. Paul may be thinking in his mind, Sherry, they took our seats. But you know what? Our Lord Jesus Christ is adding to us daily so we can become who he wants us to be. I better close because the pastor's in here. Um, but anyway, if we could close. Wonderful Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, to love you, to serve you. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this day. We thank you, Lord God, for your touch. We ask you, Lord God, that the words that, Lord God, flow through this 
pulpit here through our pastor, Lord God, that your wonderful anointing be felt, that your will, your way be with us the remainder of the service. Let us become who you want us to become. Let us love as you want us to love. Let us serve as you want us to serve. And Lord God, let us take the opportunities, Lord God, to live for you as you would have us. In Jesus' name, thank you so much.